Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back. We're happy. We're uh, I mean, unusually happy this morning. I'm not sure why. Nancy is just squirming around, jumping up and down, and we love the show. And i got to remember to tell you folks out there, because um, a lot of you are new listeners. It just happened to flash by us on, on your dial or on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you are out there in cyberspace, and say, who is this? Well, here's who we are. Uh, we're uh, a group of folks that for many, many years have been talking about, advise you, advising you how to buy a car or lease a car without being ripped off by your car dealer. I mean, it sounds a little crude, and I use that uh, because it's succinct, it's to the point. This is what we do. The car business is uh, a tough business. Uh, it's tough for you, the consumer. Uh, you probably never had a real pleasant experience buying a car. Think about it. I mean, think about your favorite store, Costco, Target, uh, Publix, uh, uh, you know, uh, Apple. Think about the favorite, your favorite store. Then compare it to the last time you bought a car or had your car repaired. So, I want you to understand, you new listeners, that we do have the qualifications in this studio. Uh, Rick Kearney, sitting to my right, is a technician, auto technician, and he's worked for my dealership. And yes, I do have a car dealership. He's worked for my car dealership for over a quarter century. And he sees it every single day. He fixes cars. And he fixes mainly Toyotas, but he fixes all different kinds of cars, too. Very qualified. So we've been there, and we've done that. Uh, my son, Stu, he's been in the car business for many years. Uh, my wife, Nancy, she's my co-host. She's, she's been involved with us uh, for 30 years or more. Uh, it's all uh, We're a family operation, by the way, which is unusual. And uh, we take what we do seriously. We love what we do. Uh, and uh, we're, an ins we're insiders, speaking to you who are the outsiders. Uh, the car dealership has uh, evolved differently than all other businesses because of, well, there's a lot of reasons. I don't want to get into that now. But a car dealership is doing business today the way they did 50, 60, 70 years ago. I think the car franchise system has been around since shortly after, well, about Henry Ford time, I guess. Over yeah. 100 years. Over 100 years. So it's frozen in time. I mean, it's an anachronism. And uh, when you buy a car, you say, what? I mean, what happened? You go in to buy a car, you can't get a price. They won't give you your, the, the best price unless you agree to buy it then. And if they give you a price, it's not really the price. They're adding junk fees. Uh, they're adding... Uh, dealer-installed, worthless accessories. Uh, they're flim-flamming you around. <laughs> and then they're, 
and they're financing the car and making exorbitant profits, averaging over $2,000 just to finance the car. So that's, what, that's who we are. That's what we do. And uh, if you're driving down the highway and you're interested, hey, uh, give us a call. Uh, if you're not interested, put on another station. Uh, the, the, problem with, the problem with buying a car is you don't think about it. Oh, and we have two people holding, and Nancy just told me about that because we prioritize <laughs> phone calls. So I'm going to shut up right now, and we're going to our first caller and then our second caller, and we encourage you to do that quickly. 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. Please call us at 877 960 9960 and now Nancy will introduce our first caller. Yes, I will. Good morning everyone and welcome to this special Mother's Day edition of Earl Stewart on Cars. And uh, to start the show off, uh, we do have a first-time female caller, but first let me tell you this, um, we are we are offering we are offering $50 for the first two female callers. And uh, we have no. a first new yeah the first new and uh, we also have a uh, a special this morning uh as to uh you know if you're a mother and um you're a first time female caller that too is uh, real important our number as earl said a seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and uh we're going to go straight to ann if and you're a mother and you're a first time female caller you get a hundred dollars instead of fifty dollars is that oh, right? that's right we did talk about that. that's right that's, right. <laughs> that's pretty important <laughs> okay uh so remember ladies if you're a mom and you're a first time caller you're going to win yourself a hundred dollars this morning uh not 50. that'll help you out in these crazy times Mother's Day special. Yes. Anne, good morning and welcome. Good morning. You are a first-time caller, and you, um, are you a mom? Yes, I am. I have a son. Okay. You just won yourself $100 instead of the normal 50 that we give out happy every Mother's week. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, well, happy Mother's Day to everyone. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank our uh, our producer Elise will uh, get your information and she'll get it to me and I'll get that check out to you. Happy Mother's Day! What can we do oh, for you this morning? Yes, I have a 2018 Hyundai Sonata, and I have been in with some the Sonatas for 19 years, and I've been happy until now. The paint is coming off of the roof and off of the hood. And I have been two months dealing with the dealership on North Lake Boulevard, and they just give me a runaround, and I'm a senior citizen by myself, and it's very upsetting. They tell me I'm still under warranty for this white paint from 2018, but I can't get anywhere. They said, oh, yeah, yeah. But every time I go in, I go to the dealership. They take pictures, they file a claim, then they, I go back two weeks later to check on it, and they say, oh, no claim has been filed. And I, I just don't know what to do. And I have a friend that buys his cars from you, and he says, call this number. They can help you decide what to do. Yeah, so and here I am. 
They they make it sound really easy, and uh, I want to tell you what you're you're. This is no consolation, but you are not the only one with pain problems. There's a lot of pain problems out there, uh, but uh, this dealership uh, that you're dealing with, uh, you, you know, whether you're a woman, a man, doesn't matter. They're gonna they're they're gonna slow the process down. Uh, they have their reasons, I guess, but there are ways to get around it. And uh, therefore, I'm gonna turn this over to uh, the uh, recovering car dealer. And uh, unfortunately, you're dealing with one of the most infamous car dealers in the United States. The Napleton Auto Group uh, has been uh, charged by the Federal Trade Commission and Attorney Generals with. Uh, you know, stealing money uh, f uh, from uh, from adding uh, hidden uh, junk fees and things to cars and overcharging, and, and uh, they settled for uh, I think ten million dollars uh, after they stole what was it twenty million? Not a bad deal. Seventy million. Seventy million. They got they stole seventy and settled for ten. So your my advice to you is to find another Hyundai dealer. And I know that's difficult, and uh, we'll try to help you there, Stu. Uh, we'll check around and see who the nearest Hyundai dealer uh, uh, to Napleton on North Lake Boulevard is. Uh, manufacturers are very skeptical and suspicious of their dealers when it comes to warranty work. And they're extremely ex uh, suspicious of Napleton Hyundai uh, and his group because uh, they were involved in a big lawsuit with, I say they, the Napleton uh, uh, Auto Group was in a, in a lawsuit with the Hyundai manufacturer over uh, fraudulent uh, warranty claims. Uh, they were they were charged by um, Hyundai with blowing up their engines to collect the warranty work. Customer would come in with a perfectly good engine, then uh, Napleton would blow, blow up the engine, and they would charge. Uh, oh, no. Hyundai, uh, thousands of dollars uh, in warranty reimbursement. And so uh, you're probably dealing with um, uh, the, the dealer is not believed by the manufacturer. I would suggest that you go to another Hyundai dealer, yeah. and uh, yeah. Stu's got one for you, I think. Well, Delray Hyundai in Delray, I mean, it sounds like it's far away, but the next closest Hyundai dealer to the Napleton one on North Lake is the Napleton one in West Palm Beach. <laughs> so if How about going, North? Is there anyone? I think there, we have, I think Wallace has some places up in Stewart. Um, I'll double check. And, um, but the Delray Hyundai is the, actually the highest um, rated Hyundai on our recommended dealer. Yeah. It's actually got a C rating. And I don't know if uh, that's going to be a challenge for you. It's a long way to go. Wallace. Yeah, Wallace, uh, Wallace, Hyundai, and Stewart, or or the Delray Hyundai, Delray Hyundai. Who owns the Delray Hyundai? I'm not sure. Anyways, but we checked them out, and they're a pretty good outfit. Uh, you could call them first and explain your situation, and say you're having difficulty with Napleton, and ask them. They're going to have to have pictures of your car. Did uh, Napleton take any pictures of your roof? Yes, they did. Yes, oh, sir. Yeah. Do you have copies? Not of, of what they took, but I can take some. Yeah, they're going to, uh, if you go to Wallace Hyundai or if you go to Delray Hyundai, they're going to want to have pictures. And, yeah, they, it should be a no-brainer. It should be easy. Uh, there are a lot of uh, paint warranty issues out there. Toyota has a lot of them. 
and uh, all the manufacturers are having issues, particularly in Florida with the sun. Uh, the, the, the horizontal surfaces oftentimes fade, and there's a lot of paint warranty work has to be done. But that's my advice to you. Uh, if you have difficulty, call us back, and uh, we'll help any way we can. Okay, well, this has been a big help to me, and I thank you very much. You're welcome, Ann, and uh, thank and, uh, you for calling. Please spread the word. We're building a platform here uh, for everyone, uh, but we're trying to encourage uh, some ladies to get uh, involved. Our numbers have climbed, but would like to see it uh, just uh, get a little bit higher. You know, Delray, Delray Honda, I looked yes, it up. It's own. Read the word. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ann. I didn't know Ann was still on the line. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stu has some information for you, Ann. Oh, that's okay. It can follow up after the call. Yeah, would you do that? Would you do that, Ann? Would you follow up and, and give us a call and, uh, you know, uh, let us know uh, whether or not you ended up in uh, Delray or you went to uh, Wallace uh, to get yes, this? Yes, I will. I'll do that. Thank oh. you. Okay. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy that $100 and happy Mother's Day. Well, that makes this kind of better but thank you very much and happy day to everybody thank, thank you. you okay stay well thank 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 yeah. and i think Stu has yeah, something so to Del add yeah delray's owner it's um i haven't heard of this group it's called the superstore auto group you've you heard of them no it, it, the ceo is john sloopy jr Really? Yeah, so yeah, um, I, I don't know how many stores. Must have recently purchased. Yeah, this is, uh, there's a Business Wire report about them, I think, acquiring Delray Genesis, Delray, Delray Hyundai, Delray Acura. Um, but I don't know how many other dealerships the Superstore Auto Group of Delray um, actually owns, but I'll look into it some more. Yeah, they're very large, and uh, John Sloopy Jr. is really uh, acquiring dealerships rapidly. We're, we're acquainted with his father, and... Um, we know his father, John Sloopy Sr. He was local for a long time, mainly based in New York now. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. See, they um, changed hands a lot. Yeah, exactly. Superstore. Mm -hmm. hmm. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can subscribe uh, to Earl Stewart on Cars podcast using um, any of the following podcast apps from your iPhone, uh, your Android smartphone. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud apps. So take advantage of that. There's a lot of ways that uh, you can get in touch with us. You can uh, send your YouTubes to uh, Rick. You can send your texts to Earl. Or excuse Don't me, we have another Stu, caller holding? and you can uh, also give me a call at 877-960-9960. We're going to go straight to Howard, who's been holding, and he's a regular caller from Jupiter. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, I hope uh, you're all well. Uh, we had a uh, nice uh, um, time in Jupiter this morning. I got up at 6 o'clock and walked around. They had a race here. Uh, it has to do with the, the turtles, and it was very interesting. Uh, they drive. blocked off the uh, they, right. They blocked off the uh, uh, US one, and it was very interesting. Uh, I went to your dealership <clears throat> yesterday. I had a problem with the Toyota Safety Connect. Hmm. Uh, Safety Connect is what it does. If you get into an accident and your um, airbag or uh, is deployed, it's notified, and uh, they send help. Um, and 
if, if you have a problem and, and the airbag doesn't go off but you're stuck, there's a button that you press and you, you get in touch with them and they know where you are and they come and help you. Uh, so what happened is that um, uh, I have a, a, a different credit card that I was going to put on it and, and I was having trouble. So I went into your dealership and I spoke to a new uh, person there, receptionist, Diane Dorsey. Yeah. She was yeah. She, she was able to um, access all my information and uh, get the new credit card on the Safety Connect uh, program. However, I found out, and she found out, that uh, Safety Connect is going to stop October 31st. Mm-hmm. And what, what I don't know is if it's going to start up again or if it's completely finished. So that's a question I have for, uh, uh, for you people. Uh, what's the story with Safety Connect now? I'm going to look into a little bit more. I think it's going to a subscription uh, service. It was a complimentary thing, but I'll do a little research because I knew it was sunsetting, and I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, there's a interesting on that subject that you brought up. Uh, uh, Toyota uh, Safety Connect is definitely going to continue, and as Stu says, it'll probably be a uh, subscription. Um, it's, uh, they're enhancing uh, the, the services, and uh, I was really pleasantly surprised when I was talking with a Toyota representative the other day that one of the one of the new benefits of Toyota Safety Connect, and this goes with Honda, this goes with all the manufacturers now of the digital age, uh, uh, this whole software uh, phenomenon we're going in the benefits to the drivers, uh, even and to the dealers too. Uh, uh, the benefit that uh, he pointed out to me was that uh, if you're driving a Toyota or a Lexus and you're on the Safety Connect system and you're in an accident, they will direct you to the nearest Toyota or Lexus certified collision center, which will help ensure that your vehicle is, t- is repaired with OEM parts. A lot of the insurance companies are prone to try to put aftermarket parts. These are Chinese parts, or may, maybe in Taiwan or Korea or someplace. Uh, that uh, that are not safety checked and which can, if it's a crash part, a hood, a bumper, a fender, can be dangerous. So uh, things like this, uh, by the direct communication from the manufacturer of the car to the dealer and to you, with maybe not even you having to be involved, uh, is going to uh, make your car safer. Rick had a point. Some of them are also trying to push for used parts, uh, yeah. recycled from the junk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You have to watch it with the insurance company. But anyway, uh, safety yeah. connect. Unfortunately, you're probably going to have to pay for it. The, well, yeah. The main. <clears throat> I'm not sure about that yet. Uh, the main reason it's it's going down. It's it's happening all over the country with 3G technology. So all the safety connect was ba- um, um, based on 3G, and that's um, coming to an end. Nothing supports it. There is a next generation sec- safety connect. That's what I had read about, yeah. and I don't have much information on that. It could be free. I don't know, but it will have yeah. to be on the 5G network. It'll be 5G, yeah. Okay. Thanks thanks very much, Howard. That's a, that's a great question. And thanks for complimenting Diane Dorsey. It's nice to have people that will uh, go above and beyond. She's a receptionist. She's the best. And uh, she does a, a, a really good job. Appreciate the compliment. We'll pass that along to her. Okay, thank you very much. Have a good day, guys. You too, Give Howard. us a call again, Howard. Uh, we're going to go to Mike, who is calling us from Loxahatchee. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. On podcast, can I get you guys during the week on some of your prior shows? Oh, yeah. And if so, what would I try for the podcast? 
Nancy can list all of them, but if you just have the Apple iPhone podcast app or any any of the popular podcast applications, Alexa. SoundCloud. Yeah, you can. Uh, you have, there's a as Stu said, there's a number of them, and uh, there's a Stitcher Radio. There's a SoundCloud app. You have Google Podcasts, Spotify. Apple Podcast, and uh, you can access these uh, from your iPhone or your Android smartphone. Well, how about Alexa? Alexa, I, Jonathan, I think with Alexa, you, I believe you can play podcasts through Alexa if you teach your Alexa the skill. And I, I, I'm not sure if I ever set mine up, but I do think I have the ability to hook my Alexa device to uh, my podcast app or the other app. So check into that. If you look on your Alexa app for skills and you, and you search for um, podcasts, I, I'm pretty sure you should be able to, to hook your Alexa up to a Mike, to my, great information. Mike, Mike, try too. this. Try say, Alexa, play Earl on Cars podcast. Yeah. I mean, she's very smart. She might find and, it. And she uh, it's amazing. Uh, I have to keep testing my Alexa because she learns things that I didn't even know she right. knew about. So just say... Right, Alexa, make me dinner. Whoa, yeah, well, right. what's she doing? <laughs> and she'll even come back with a cute response if she can't make dinner. <laughs> Alexa's been bossing us around, Mike. Uh, she's taken over our home. If you have the podcast John, on your phone, hold on, Alexa Mike. Yeah. If you have the podcast, I think Jonathan said if you have the podcast on your phone, it'll pick mm-hmm. that up. Well, there's that's another way right, to do Jonathan. it. I'm legally blind, and I don't use a phone. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, but I, I do use Alexa. Okay. I think you should be able to, to do that. Alexa has lots of skills, so I guess start talking to Alexa and let us know if it works, because we'd love to be, tell, be able to tell all the listeners that works. Yes, Alexa's opening up our side view mirrors on the Tesla, and uh, we... <laughs> We thought we had to use another, I don't know, there's so many names, but uh, I was behind the wheel. I mistakenly said Alexa, and she opened up the, uh, so she has a lot of skills. She could also open up if you said Daffy Duck, because she accepts any name. <laughs> Tesla, it's a Tesla. You, you've called her more than Daffy Duck. Yes, I have. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's another show, Mike. What else can we do for you? My second question is about catalytic converters. Ah, uh, my favorite topic. What's the approximate cost on that truck to replace a catalytic converter that's been stolen? Uh, that's going to vary quite widely, but figure pretty close to $1,000 or more. Yeah, to up to $2,000. Yeah. And depending upon how many catalytic converters you have, you could have two. Exactly. On and, some cars. And there's also the fact that depending on what parts were cut when they stole it where they cut them uh it can that price can go anywhere from a thousand to two to three thousand dollars where do you live mike oh loxahatchee okay yeah i'm curious i know in houston they're having a crime wave houston texas it's a huge uh i'm not sure why that particular is hit but yeah it's uh the uh the prices of palladium and and uh the, the rare earth elements are going up and uh, I, uh, there's an article in Automotive News, something you might want to think about, and uh, it was new to me, and uh, we're gonna, I'm going to discuss it with my uh, people at the dealership, that uh, some people are starting now to put uh, paint their catalytic converters in, uh, uh, in bright colors. In other words, uh, something that, uh, like 
uh, green or or day glow orange or something like that. Clarissa. And then also and also put the serial number of the of the car on it in such a manner that it can't be or very difficult to be removed. It's kind of like the same philosophy when you put a VIN etch etch your windows with a VIN number. Yeah. Uh, the crook goes to the easier target. So if your catalytic converter is bright orange and has a VIN number on it, uh, the when he gets underneath your car and he starts to take it off, he says, "The hell with this. The one over there yeah. doesn't have this to that's worry about." Pain. Actually, we, when I used to work uh, on job sites back then, when I painted, we used to paint our tools bright pink yeah. to keep the other construction workers from walking off with our screwdrivers yeah. and, and our hammers. <laughs> good idea. Well, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Okay, Thanks Mike. for the call, Mike. Uh, have a good day. Stay in touch. Um, car theft is up. Catalytic converters are up, and we know why. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, we're going to stick with the phones, and we're going to go to Michael, uh, who's giving us a call from Jupiter. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So, I had a question. A few weeks ago, you had mentioned that uh, you guys believe that Cadillac might be going by wayside in the next few years. Do you still think that's true? It's hard to say, and I'm probably picked on Cadillac, but I don't, uh, I don't mean to. Uh, there are going to be a huge number of uh, brand names, models, makes, uh, that are going to disappear. Uh, of course, we have the rapid uh, change to electric, hybrid, and um, we're going to have uh, autonomous vehicles. So there's a consolidation of manufacturers, makes, and models. Uh, Cadillac has been around a long, long time. It might exist as a nameplate. Cadillac is still uh, a strong brand, but so was Pontiac and so was Oldsmobile. Uh, these brands no longer exist. So it's just, it, I haven't got a crystal ball, but, uh, and I won't be around to find out if I'm right or wrong, but in 20 years, uh, you will probably see only two or three auto manufacturers, and they won't be auto manufacturers, they'll be software manufacturers, and you'll probably see very few brands and uh, um, permutations of uh, makes and models and colors. It's going to be a different world, and I, I just don't think the real, the Cadillac as we know it today isn't going to survive. Okay. No, I thought it was you were talking about it earlier. Mm -hmm. Hi, that's terrific. Thanks so much. Thanks for the call. You're welcome, Michael. Give us a call again. Our number here is 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to stick with the phones, and we're going to talk to Wes from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Wes. Good morning. How is everybody doing? Right. We're doing well. Thank you for calling. Very good. I have uh, two points. One one point would be, uh, when was the last time, or are you going to do a little um, a survey of Napleton Acura? Oh, Mr. Shop of Napleton Acura. Um, when's the last time we did that, Stu? Uh, not too long ago, about two or three months. Um, looking it up right now. Oops. I searched in the wrong thing. It might have been a while. Um, Has it? Yeah, I mean, I know we've done a, quite a few Napleton dealerships recently. Now, let's see here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tempting not to concentrate on Napleton dealerships because uh, I hate to use the word entertaining because it's really tragic what they do. Uh, but they're getting so much national publicity now 
with the Federal Trade Commission and the Attorney General's office and, and the huge fines and, and uh, accusations, uh, lawsuits. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, it's uh, exciting to go into a Naples dealership. Uh, last time we went into Napleton Acura, as I recall, they were, they were better than, far better than the other Napleton dealerships. It was 2019. 2019. Wow. So it's been a while. Yeah, we got to go back. Thanks for, yeah. thanks for the heads up. That's too long. We need to shop them again. Well, I know they weren't. Uh, they weren't they good. Weren't listed in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Lawsuit. They were not good. They were not good. I'm reading my summary. Classic bait and switch. And uh, yeah, so it, it sounds like it was a not a good experience. <laughs> but we'll go yeah. back. We'll find well, out. That's old. This is old information. So we'll we'll go back and get a refreshed. Uh, a point of view of Napleton Acura. Great. My other point is I was in with my 2022 Tacoma about three weeks ago for my six-month service, and I had a little problem with timing, and uh, I used the red phone, and it was busy, but I think whoever you just said was your uh, receptionist said, here, use my phone, and I think I talked to Josh, and I got out of there, like, right away. But since then, I've gotten emails from... Earl Stewart Toyota about what's your problem? How can we help you? Did we give you all the information you need? Can we help you buy a car? Are those computer generated? I mean, I got one this morning. I got one a week ago. We do have an AI with our, um, and it goes to email correspondence. And uh, generally, it's uh, for communications, uh, like back and forth, just like making sure that people have been taken care of. So yeah, there is an AI uh, generated um, communications thing that we use through our- Okay, when is it generated, Stu? Because I didn't know about oh, that. Oh, it's uh, somebody sends in a request for a um, uh, uh, price on a vehicle that comes back, says um, if it's after hours, hang tight, somebody will get with you. And then it automatically goes back about maybe the next day and says, hey, did Stephanie get in touch with you? And if it says no, it goes to us. So it basically, it's like a kind of, it monitors the communication, makes sure everybody's doing their job. Yeah, uh, I'd like to take a look at that and see what the language is. I've had that comment before I didn't know we this were is the doing. same one hmm? I, you, did you send us an email about this uh, I think I did yeah. yeah this is the same uh, person this was just it's just yeah. a few days ago last week right yeah, yeah I'm uh, I'm a little bit like you I think when it comes to uh, computer generated emails I get too much email I I get so many emails now that oh it, this is only in response to people it's that's this not an outbound thing yeah I know yeah. that but it's, it what I'm saying is that is that uh, I've moved to text <laughs> because I get so many emails. And every, it seems like every time I contact uh, a store or anybody, and I'm online a lot, like everybody, uh, and, and every time I call somebody, I get called back, and I don't want to get called back. So it's something we should look at. I, I'm glad you reminded me. Uh, I see it's a good intent, and I think we meant well. But I'm not so sure it's a good idea. So thanks for the heads up on that. Yep, no problem. Just wanted to alert you. I was make sure it wasn't a scam. Uh, no, it's, I, that's an, not the other reason that I get concerned is yeah. it, uh, you know, I, I, if, if there's I'm not sure what the number one thing I complain about most, but but junk email. I mean, I'm using my trash button and my junk button uh, and my uh, uh, what is the other one? Uh, the clutter. T- clutter button. More and more, I'm trying to I'm trying to clean out my inbox more and more, and so I know exactly how you feel, and I think we need to take a look at that. Be sure we're not annoying yep, we're our not. customers. And, and that was a good point, Wes. You know whether or not, not it would be a scam. 
uh, and there's so much um, email that is generated from feedback and it's hard to keep track of everything and then to re-educate your computer uh, for it not to go into your clutter or your junk so uh, there's a lot of work there thanks for the heads okay, up well, thanks for okay have a uh, great day and I, I love your dealership Thank you, Wes. Thank you so much, Wes. Stay in touch. Okay. Um, you can get in touch with us also through your anonymous feedback. That's www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And uh, Stu will read it right here on the air. Uh, we have been very, very busy on the phones this morning, a little more than usual. And uh, that number is 877-960-9960. Don't forget, ladies, um, uh, not only are we celebrating Mother's Day, but if you are a first-time caller and you are a mom, you can win yourself $100 this morning, only this morning, because it's Mother's Day weekend. We are going to go to Gary in West Palm Beach, and uh, the others that are holding will be right with you. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. Um, uh, my first car... 52 years ago was from Doug Stewart. Oh. And I had just gotten out of the Army, and it was a new 90 Pont- uh, Pontiac Tempest Fire Engine Red. <laughs> wow. And that's when it was down on South Dixie. Yeah, that's and, right. Right across from the Carefree Theater. And another comment. Three years ago, I got a car at Naperson. It was a new car. I have no problem with the car, but I spent five hours there, and it was probably the most humiliating five hours of my whole life. It, it was even worse than Vietnam. Wow. And um, mm. I just felt so filthy when I walked out of the place. I felt like they just pulled me down the river. So. Yeah. I remember your comments at the first part of the, today's broadcast about how going to a dollar uh, car dealership can be so traumatic. Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame that our attorney general doesn't take action on that. I wrote a, a blog article, a newspaper column about that. But here's a uh, car dealer we have locally, and also he's national. He's got uh, he's in the top ten volume dealers in the country. And uh, he's been charged with some pretty serious crimes, and uh, he settled. Uh, it didn't. Uh, we settled with the Federal Trade Commission. But uh, thanks for sharing that with us, and um, I'm sorry that you had that experience. I really enjoy your radio program. I appreciate it. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much, Gary. Uh, our uh, lines are lit up. We're going to go to Phil in Lake Worth. Good morning, Phil. Hey, good morning. How are you all doing? Great. Great. Hey, hey, listen, I have a question um, with a paras- parasitic, maybe I'm, I'm not saying it right, a parasitic uh, problem. In other words, when I go check out the alternator, the generator, uh, the alternator, the starter, the battery, everything's fine. And then someone says you have a parasite on that. So you, and then what happens is I went through a battery, I went through a starter, I went through an alternator, and this says your, what's going on is something is drawing juice out of there can you explain that to me because because like a i'm not i'm not getting ready to put a i just put a new battery battery starter and alternator and uh it seems to be doing the same thing so what is a parasite uh what you're actually talking about is a parasitic draw 
And what this is is something in your car, some component that is supposed to turn off when you turn the car off is remaining on or it's drawing more power from the battery than it should be, more electricity. Um, generally speaking, the if you hooked up an ammeter in line with your battery, when you turn everything off, you should see no more than about 30 milliamps of draw, 30 to 60 milliamps generally. And that's the what they call the keep alive memory for the computers. Uh, they, they will need a certain amount of power to keep like the, the clocks up to date, keep the memories alive on the computer and that. But anything more than that is drawing too much and that's actually gonna run your battery down overnight or over the period of a day or two. So what a technician will normally do to diagnose this is we'll hook up an ammeter, watch for that parasitic draw and see how, how big that number gets. And then we basically just start pulling fuses one at a time until that draw suddenly disappears and we trace that fuse circuit to find out what component is pulling so much extra power and it can be a kind of a long tedious process because you're basically uh, just exploring the electrical system on the car to try to figure out what is staying on and what is drawing that what extra power. What will that process cost Rick? I It can go anywhere from two or three hundred dollars to a thousand or more because oh. it, it's based on how long it takes the mechanic to track this down and find it. Um, sometimes it's a very simple process, maybe just one light bulb remaining on. I, matter of fact, what I would do first is you know, close your car all up, shut everything off, and then I would look in through the windows everywhere you can and see if there's any lights or anything like that that may be staying on, a dome light or a courtesy light somewhere, uh, even the, the door pin switch. You know, shake the doors without hitting you know, the door handle. If you take it into a, a um, service department, put a cap on the diagnostic and say, I've got a, a, a parasitic problem here with uh, my car, electrical leak, don't know where it is, but I don't want to spend mm -hmm. a lot of money on it. Uh, can you check it out for me? And they say, yeah, we'll do that. I say, well, uh, how much, uh, how little is this going to cost? But don't ask them how much. And yeah. if it, uh, I, I put I cap it at a hundred dollars or what you feel comfortable with. If you don't cap it, and they're going to come back and give you a bill for a thousand dollars, and still they might still not have found it. So you yeah. can't you can't have an open end diagnostic, but take it someplace to hopefully to the probably to the guy that uh, manufacturer a dealer if you can and and uh, cap it cap the uh, diagnostic fee. Well, I know I know that when when I uh, take the, the key off the ignition. The buzzer on the uh, the ignition is still buzzing. So I, I, now that now you say that, probably that would be it. So I probably would have to put a new ignition uh, with the key and all that, correct? What, what's the car we're talking about? Uh, it's a 98 Ford van. Hmm. Um, the first thing I would try, I would check that ignition switch and see, because if that but, uh, key reminder buzzer is staying on, I would go after that ignition switch and check the wiring to it to see what's going on there. It could could be as simple as just uh, disconnect that buzzer and get rid of the buzzer. And you don't, you and don't, that would get rid of it. And you don't want to spend a thousand dollars on a twenty-four year old vehicle either, no. because you've got to. No, 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 no. I mean, well, no. I mean, this this is my work van. I mean, it's yeah. uh, the body's good, the engine's good, everything's good. I mean, keep it in top shape. Uh, but anyways, and then, you know, the second question I got to ask is has to do with cars, but 
like right now I'm in, I'm on the, in the car now, but this lady that talks on radio, her her voice is excellent. But when you guys start, you have like a bass sound. It's like I got. I think we lost your phone call. Yeah, you're, you you're, break, you're breaking up. You must be in a bad cell area, Phil. Uh, could, could you uh, uh, restate the question? Yeah, we lost you. Drop, drop the call. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I think what he was saying is that Nancy's voice is coming through normal, but ours is there's maybe too much low tone on the signal or something. Oh, I didn't. Uh, Distorted. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, we are going to. Uh, Marty, are you still with us? No. Hello. Marty, hey, I thought yeah. I, I thought I lost you. Uh, hold on for a second. Uh, John, hold on. We'll be right with you. Well, we have a, an enormous amount of phone calls this morning. Uh, good morning, Marty. How are things going? I, I got a question for either Earl or Stu. Okay. Can they tell me why on the high-end Camrys, or any Camry, they've never put in a memory seat? I have no idea. Um, I know that's in the Avalon. I know even in the um, higher end models, you're absolutely right. Um, I I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, you know, yeah, that's I, I a think good question. Supply and demand—that's the answer to everything. I think people, if they feel like they can get get by without something to keep the price down, uh, they don't offer it. And uh, uh, for, I, for, for example, I don't. Uh, I I've had memory seats in every car I drive, but I don't ever use it. Yeah. And uh, uh, to me, it's, it's so easy to readjust the seat. If Nancy drives the car, pop, I know how to adjust it. Uh, Yours is really it. easy. All you do is you put it all that you put the button until it stops yeah. moving in every yeah. direction. Yeah, I know. It's far yeah, back. They, there can be, there can be an advantage, Marty, and a disadvantage. It's uh, with two do, people yeah. driving the same car, um, I'm driving uh, the Tesla. Earl's driving the Tesla, and automatically it comes up and says, you know, that it's programmed for Earl. Then I have to readjust it. So, good question, Marty. I th I, th I think it's I guess they have to like separate the luxury items and so if they reserved it for the Avalon for the flagship cars or the yeah. You know the, the highest end equipment. I don't know why they consider memory seats to be like uber luxury. Yeah. Uh, it's just a convenience. You know, it's not like yeah. you know marble inlays uh, or gold. <laughs> yeah, I look at it this way: when you build a car, it's probably pretty cheap to put it in. Yeah, and you, you add it to the sticker, anyways. Whatever it is. Now I know the even the Avalon, which I've had. You had to have the high-end Avalon to even get the memory yeah. seat. But I think it all hit the nail on the head, you know, Marty. Like they're having no problem selling Camrys. Uh, Camry is probably the second best-selling car in the world. Right, so right. why do it? And then to try and tempt people to go up the Avalon, probably the lowest-selling Toyota vehicle we have. It doesn't make sense. So they should put in everything. Right. And Charge they a little did away for it. with the Avalon, right? For twenty-two was the last. Year. We are in the last cycle ever of the Avalon. Unless they decide to surprise us and bring it back in the future. Yeah. I'm counting my moments in my Avalon because uh, yeah. there's someone out there that's looking for one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, there are no more except mine. Oh. <laughs> the last of the moments. Now everybody knows it. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll, I'll Marty. Stick with Camrys, I guess, even without the memory seat. There you go. Yeah. Thanks All so right. much. Give us a call okay. again. Thanks, Marty. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to go to John in Palm City, and I'm going to ask my uh, first-time female caller uh, just to hang in there good morning john good morning happy new uh mother's day to nancy and all the mothers thank you uh, the cop the topic you're welcome the topic came up again about catalytic converters 
It's all over the news on the Internet. There's a new use that they're using them for, believe it or not. It's to manufacture drugs. Really? It's all on the Internet. I don't understand the process. Hmm. It started in uh, Africa, and it's something to do with the honeycomb part of it, and they convert it into drugs, and they're on the increase in theft. My daughter lives in uh, Carroll Gardens in Brooklyn, and that's a good neighborhood. Uh, her friend had it stolen for cars on that same block overnight, and the, her friend has a Honda Civic, and it cost, uh, the way it was cut, it had additional pipes involved, and it was a $3,000 bill, and she only $500 deductible. But the place that repaired it, they had, they, she had to pay for it. It's what they call a catalytic converter lock. I don't know how that works, whether it's welded around it or what, but it's worth probably looking into. And it's called specifically a catalytic converter lock. Does Rick know anything about that? Yeah, there's a, a bunch of different devices out there that uh, they wrap cables or cages around the catalytic converter. They lock them in place. They put steel plates on, you know, underneath the body of the car to try to prevent access. There, there's been a, a ton of different things that people are using to try to prevent that. Um, as for the catalytic converters being used for drugs, I honestly have no clue about that. And truthfully, I don't even want to know. I, I know they're stealing them. And I, I know how to replace them, and I know how to offer advice on how to prevent it. But what they're doing with them once they get them, I don't even want to know anymore. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> but would you recommend a catalytic converter lock? Yeah, it's, it's not a bad idea. If you're, you know, if you're responsible for the cost of those repairs on your car, and you want to avoid you know, having to, the hassle of getting the car repaired, going through your insurance company for a settlement... Uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be a pretty reasonable idea. I've got a picture, uh, John, you're probably not streaming it. <clears throat> I've got a picture in the Automotive News article on catalytic convertibles. Here, convertibles. Uh, here's an aluminum or, or steel shield that is installed. And if you're streaming, you can see it's probably a lot cheaper or maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure uh, than the lock. But uh, we were talking about that earlier in the show, uh, how to make your something you don't want stolen undesirable to a thief one way is to paint it uh put a vin number on it and here's a shield that some dealers are putting mm -hmm. on catalytic converter but you know the, the the chances of your catalytic converter being stolen depending on where you live and where you park your car uh and what neighborhood you live in you know it's it's pretty rare i it just it just doesn't happen houston's having a rash of these kind of thefts but uh, you know, uh, like everything else, sometimes you overreact. If you had to spend a hundred dollars to protect your catalytic converter, you're probably paying too much. If you could do it for less than that, it might be worth worth it. You know, I mean, what it comes down to basically is just the idea that uh, if they want to get it, they're going to get it. And if you make yours just a little more difficult than the guy next to you, they'll go to him. Yes. Well, thanks for the advice about the uh, catalytic uh, lock. Okay, thank you, John. And thank you, yeah. John, for letting us know that people can crush up and snort their catalytic converters because that's what they're doing. It's, Interesting. It's called Bombay, and it's pretty horrific sounding, so don't do that. 
It's going to kill you, kids. Stay you know, away. One of, one of those, Don't stay away from catalytic converters. You know, one of those metals that's in the catalytic converter, I'm looking at this automotive news article, rhodium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how much does rhodium cost per ounce now? I don't know. I think that's the active ingredient, though. <laughs> $16,000 per ounce. Wow. In other words, that's, that's more than diamonds, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, where, where, where do you sell this stuff now? It's like, you know, even, even the, the junkyards now are being told they're not allowed to buy them unless they have provenance of where it came from. Yeah. And yeah. so it's... Not uh, like you're going to the pawn shop. Yeah. Hey, no, listen, I got an ounce of... Uh, palladium's palladium. only $919 yeah. an ounce. Rhodium. And, and uh, palladium is only 2200 But rhodium, you want to get that rhodium, $16,000 an ounce. Wow. <laughs> rhodium. 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 Oh. Okay, let's uh, move along. Yeah, how about those special metals that are in my knees? Yeah. I'm going to have to get some insurance. Uh, we are going to, I'll tell you, we've had so many phone calls this morning, and I'll tell you what I say every week, how important you are to the tell show. Don't quit bothering us. We've got a show to do here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you're a great audience, and uh, you fill our heads with, uh, you know, information we don't even have. Uh, look at John from Palm City. He just called. Amazing. Every week he gives us something new to wrap our heads around. We are going to go to our second uh, new female caller, and uh, I believe her name is Heloise. Have I pronounced it correctly? Yes, you did. Oh, great. Uh, Heloise, are you a mom? I'm at home. Are you a mother? Yes, she is. I am a mother, yes. Congratulations. You didn't win fifty dollars. You. you won yourself one hundred dollars this morning. Mother's Day special, Whoa. Eloise. <laughs> so, con- great. congratulations, and our uh, a producer, uh, Elise, uh, she'll take your information. And uh, we're trying to build a platform here, and you have just helped with that. So, happy Mother's Day, and congratulations. Uh, what Thank can we help you, you with this morning? I have a, a simple question, I assume, because everybody's saying not to buy cars at this moment. Uh, we have two old cars, and obviously, sooner or later, we're going to have to look for something new. I would like to know, if you have an idea, when would be the best time for us to start looking for a car, or should we wait for next year, next, you know, calendar year? Always the best thing for you to do is wait a year. Uh, take good care of your older cars, and uh, I don't know if you're low mileage, high mileage driver, but if you're a low mileage driver, uh, it's uh, probably a lot easier to take care of. Uh, you need to get the mm-hmm. car checked out for safety reasons every six months uh, or mm-hmm. 10,000 miles, and you probably don't put 10,000 miles on your car. But prices are extremely high now, whether you buy a used car or a new car. With this uh, pandemic and microchip shortage and a lot of other uh, shortages, the prices are sky high. Availability is very mm-hmm. low. Wait till the end of the year and maybe early next year, you'll get a much better deal on a car. Today, though, if you don't need a car, if you've got two cars, maybe you don't need two cars. If you sell one of those two cars today, you can make a good profit because they're paying thousands of dollars more for used cars today than they ever did before so it's you it's a seller's market and i'd rather sit tight and wait before i became a buyer mm-hmm. i see all right 
And yeah, Heloise, um, Earl has a, a great uh, article uh, that he wrote quite some time ago. Well, uh, at least since uh, this inventory shortage and COVID and everything. And it, it really focuses on your old car and how important it is to take care yeah. of it and uh, for you to realize you're sitting on a gold mine um, at, at this mm -hmm. point in time. And if you can do that, it's uh, well worth it. I thank you for calling, and I hope well, you spread the word. You. And uh, we're building a platform oh, here, as I told you earlier. So please spread the word. And have All a great right, thank weekend. Thank you very much. Thank you. Same to you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And we are going to go back to the recovering car dealer. Well, good to see uh, We probably got a whole backlog of mm -hmm. anonymous feedbacks and texts. Yeah. The phones have been crazy. Uh, we'll kick it off with Anne Marie's text. Uh, Amory says, good morning. Today's questions center on where did they, vehicle manufacturers, put it, and where, why did they put it there? Once in a while, one gets an unfamiliar car like a rental vehicle and can't quickly find where the common controls are, like the lights and the window switches are. Very familiar situation. Uh, in 1994, my sister rented a car in France to drive around the country. Uh, she doesn't remember the maker or the model, but when she got to a toll booth, she couldn't find the switch to lower the window. She had to open the door and get out in order to pay the toll. Um, for some reason, I think this has happened to me before. But Oh, everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, later, after searching, she found the switch to open the window. It was in the center console, not on the side door as expected. So, one, in your estimation, why would a car manufacturer put the window controls on the center console? Um, two, could putting the switch on the door possibly cause problems if the driver opens the door when it's raining hard? Uh, three, have you ever seen any switches located on the door get shorted out by rain? I remember I had a friend who had an old Saab in high school and they, she had window switches in yep. the center console. Um, I don't know why they put them on the door. Or I don't, it, we're supposed to be a car advice show, but I don't know M the answer. MR2 Spiders. Oh, in the, the center. Toyota MR2 Spider. Oh, yeah. The, the, the window switches in the center the console. The reason they do that is because they don't think, and it's stupid, and uh, they need to devote more time to consumer input. Um, I remember a long, long time ago, uh, when before Toyota introduced Sienna into this country, uh, they had uh, um, the car driven through all 50 states. It took them a year, and they took notes, the engineers and the drivers, and they carefully took notes um, as to what the car needed in different areas and environments and terrains. And the Sienna back then was probably one of the most well thought out introduced cars. Now, cars are being introduced so quickly every day that they do stupid things. I'm driving a Tesla. I love a Tesla Plaid and, and Elon Musk is my hero. He's a genius but he's got some of the stupidest design in there. Nancy drives a car, so she'll back me up on this. It has a yoke steering wheel, like an airplane, and that's okay, but the horn is on the yoke, and the turn signals are on the yoke, and when you turn the car, think about it, uh, the horn can be on your left, or it can be on your right, it can be above you, it can be below you, so when you need your horn, typically, you need it pretty quickly. And every time I need my horn, I start slapping everything near me, including Nancy, trying yeah, to find I'm black and blue. where the horn is. Yeah, And the turn signals are important, too. So if you're taking a 45-degree turn, uh, your turn signal's up here. And if you're, if you're taking a hard turn, you can't find your turn signal at all. Plus, the, the, it's a black yoke, and the controls are black also. 
So stupidity and uh, Anne-Marie, once again, the best question of the day. Thank you very much. <sighs> Mamma mia. <laughs> okay, I got a question from Bob. Uh, it's probably for Rick, but I know the answer too. Good morning, I know you don't promote your dealership on your program, but my question is, can, can Apple Play be added to my 2017 Sienna, and can you do it at, at your dealership? Um, you can app, add Apple Play, there's an aftermarket things to, um, aren't, isn't there, to put in on a headset? Actually, uh, certain Toyotas, Apple CarPlay can be added by way of a software update. Okay, do you know about this 2017 RAV, or Sienna, I'm sorry? 2017, I don't think so. I okay. think the 17 is too old. Uh, I think you'd have to get an aftermarket. or 19 and above. Yeah. For a 17, you would have to go to an aftermarket. Headset. Uh, either an aftermarket device that would add it as a dongle or a different radio right. unit. And, and, and Rick, radio. I think you've advised in the past, Go to Best Buy. They got the best deal. Yeah. You got you've got the the installation, and uh, you can get a nice unit for less than it would cost you to have the modification. Well, the, the best advantage there is that you're going from a 2017 technology yeah. radio yeah. to a 2022 mm -hmm. technology radio, and five years change in technology is massive. Huge. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Next. Okay. Oh, I think we spoke to Ann on the phone because uh, we have a text here about the white paint coming off on the on her uh, mm -hmm. on her Hyundai. Okay, so we have some anonymous feedbacks. We'll jump over. Um, this came in last week. I don't know if I read it on the air, but it came in again. So somebody wants us to read it. It says, "Earl, you are guilty as you admitted. Seventy percent profit." Oh, we did read this on the air because I corrected. Mm -hmm. the, it said it was seventy-three percent increase year over year. It says you're back to your old ways, but you address this. He feels guilty. You know, it's, it's funny, uh, there's, I'm, I'm starting to, automotive news, I, I used to kind of, I, I didn't even read it a lot of times years ago because it was uh, totally self-serving to the car dealers and the car manufacturers and never took the uh, consumer into consideration. And they came out with an op-ed a few weeks ago that just absolutely got my attention because it called out the Napleton Group and called out all dealers that are adding junk fees and saying, listen, boys, uh, op-ed in the Automotive News, a trade journal of the industry, the retail and the wholesale industry worldwide. He said, listen, you're, you're, you're screwing the customers and you can't be doing this. You're going you're gonna, to uh, uh, end up being having the manufacturer sell the cars directly just like Tesla does. And here's another op-ed getting to the point. In today's Automotive News, NADA obscuring dealer financials is a disservice. And I talked about this last week briefly, but I didn't have any idea that the automotive news would jump on it, too. Uh, maybe they listen to the show. I don't know. But uh, they're saying transparency is important uh, in the National Automobile Dealers Association. And just because dealers are making obscene profits today, double profits, I mean millions of dollars, uh, they're... Uh, uh, with a supply and demand situation and the pandemic-induced uh, microchip shortage, car dealers are just getting filthy rich, and so are the manufacturers. And NADA is trying to hide that, and there's an op-ed. Here it is. I've pulled it up to those who stream, and you can see the, uh, uh, I think you can see, yeah, their opinion. You can get that online probably if uh, you're interested, but every auto manufacturer, every car dealer, and many of the managers in, in those uh, functions are reading 
this every week. It's a weekly. So thanks very much for the anonymous feedback and calling me out on making too much money. I mean, I do. All right. I feel guilty about it. And, you know, in the automotive news, I do have to point out that it is an interesting magazine. And the reason for that is because it's for the consumer also. It just really opens up the door to information you wouldn't normally have. And it helps you to understand this inventory shortage. And uh, it, it just helps you understand whether to purchase a vehicle or whether to hang on to that old vehicle. Now back to Stu. Another anonymous feedback says, thank you, Earl, for addressing, like a mensch, your interrupting of Rick. Today's show is much better. I think I know who the anonymous feedback came from now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to out him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't out him. You don't out him. No, I, you know, I, it is. Moise? Part of Moise? my. Huh? Was it Moise? Who, who, never mind. Go uh, on. I, I don't know. What, easy, uh, easy. I don't know. No, I'm saying that, that I would, I wish we had more anonymous feedback like that because I, I think it's healthy to be called out. I think transparency trumps embarrassment or, or getting angry about something. And, and if you say something about me that's not true, I want you to do that anyway. I mean, don't make up something that you know is not true. Uh, if you want to, do it. But total honesty and transparency is so important. I'm just starting to understand that now uh, later in my life. And this is uh, I'm very excited about my new book. Uh, redemption of a recovering car dealer and we just finished chapters 9 and 10 and oh by the way uh, um, I haven't told I mentioned this to Stu or Nancy but uh, my ghostwriter uh, John Van Zyl is his name um, I do I dictate to him um, twice a week uh, for an hour or so and uh, uh, he suggested that that my last three blogs on Earl and Cars might make good ending chapters. So my last three blogs on Erlon Cars are Open Letter to Ashley Moody, Open Letter to Car Dealers, and the third one, Open Letter to Auto Manufacturers. So the State Attorney General, uh, the uh, manufacturers, and to uh, whoever, I forgot what I said. Manufacturers, manufacturers, dealers, and state attorneys. So anyway, Transparency and honesty is a is a amazing thing. Redemption, uh, I put that in the title of my book because I just love being honest. I I got so honest uh, with my. I think Nancy was listening to my conversation with John Van Zyl, who was my ghostwriter, and uh, I was I was just I was just pouring forth. I was I was gushing out honesty and transparency. And before he hung up, he said, "Earl, <laughs> I think we better have." An attorney read this book before we publish it, and I said, "I, uh, I think you're right. I think you're right." But Stu's looking at me knowingly because he knows what I think about attorneys, and he knows how it, I it go. Doesn't with, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you look at it. But you know, I also told him a lot. Oh, this is inside. I apologize to people that uh, are listening to too much inside stuff here, but. Uh, there's a attorney that we use a lot. His name is Alex Kirkin, and he's the attorney for the uh, South Florida Dealers Association. Mm-hmm. And he is a he is an advocate for dealers. And when the manufacturers attack the dealers, or uh, the consumer attacks the dealers, or a dog attacks a dealer, anybody attacking a dealer, Alex <laughs> Kirkin is a go-to guy. Good guy. And he's a good guy. And he's he's kind of like. He's kind of like Ted Smith, who's the president of the Florida Mill Dealers Association. We're friendly adversaries. 
Ted Smith is a very smart guy. Alex Kirkland is a very smart guy. And we can talk and laugh and enjoy each other's missions in life. And so I will go, let Alex Kirkland yes. read my book. Yeah. And I will listen to all the things he says I shouldn't say. Then I'm going to do it anyway. But Listen. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. I'm having fun. You and can tell. In that moment in our office at home, it was uh, quite a moment. Uh, when I heard the attorney's name being mentioned, and what came to my mind was that is just, well, the recovering car dealer has come very far, and at this late stage of the game, I don't think he's ready to yeah. serve any time in the slammer. I mean, part of it is the fact that if they give me life imprisonment, it ain't so bad. I mean, you know, so it was a, I guess that was a bad joke, but. All right, I got more anonymous feedback here. It says, you, sir have restored my faith in car dealerships. Oh. Well, that's, that's not the, well, <laughs> don't have too much faith in car dealerships. You, sir, have restored my faith in car dealerships, and I look forward to procuring a Corolla from your lot. I was going to swing by this weekend to get a 2022 Blue LE, but I wasn't able to secure transportation. I'm in no rush and will more than likely get one in July. Keep up the great work, and sir, I'm looking forward to doing business with you in a few weeks' time. Word of your business practices have reached as far south as Miami-Dade. I thought you should know. Well, you know, okay, now here's, now here's another. I just have to be, I have to confess, because I, my redemption kicked in. That, that call was really good for business. I mean, the man's buying a car. And he's thanking me for being honest, and he's coming and buying a car. So I'm making money off my honesty. So you Dealers have listen. your cake and you eat it too. You're honest. You treat people right. And I, my joke with my sons and my wife and and, and all the managers in my dealership is the fact that that uh, don't spread the word. We have the secret to success. Don't tell the other dealers. If you're honest and transparent, it's good for business. Don't tell them that because then they'll be. <laughs> Yeah, They'll be cutting into our much. business, so we have a we have an honesty franchise. <laughs> so I, I when I in the middle of the night I wake up and I say, "Am I really a nice guy, or am I just a really good businessman?" Our hidden secret. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'll go to my grave never knowing the answer. Or I maybe do, I doubt um, that. Maybe they're one and the same. Wouldn't that be wonderful if all businesses? Yeah, Apple figured it out a long time ago. Uh, all businesses, Costco figured it out. They figured out if you really treat people honestly, they will be the path to your door, like you're a mousetrap. A better mousetrap, I should say. Exactly. Okay, I'm on a rant. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Take advantage of your anonymous feedback.com. I think that we're going to get a YouTube or two. We've um, got a couple here. Rick. Uh, Negan once is... And he's in Arizona. Uh, I noticed a local dealership in my town, the Ram Dodge dealership, is full of new vehicles, <laughs> trucks and Jeeps. Uh, but the Ford dealer is very empty. Ford outselling Dodge? Definitely seems like it. There's people willing to wait on a Ford truck, maybe. I can tell uh, Can you try to do a mystery shop on full-size pickups? Well, I, can, I can tell you that um, if you see uh, some lots with cars and some with zero cars, it's really up to the business model of that dealer. Um, some dealers, including some Toyota dealers, and this is how I know about it, um, are bringing cars in to be on the lot and they sell them for the highest possible price. Um, there are people out there that 
will not listen to the advice on the show and will have to have a car right now and will pay any price to get it. So the uh, the Dodge dealer is probably playing that game, and the Ford dealer is probably doing pre-orders and um, and delivering them as they come in. Now, car buyers, unfortunately, have a disease called instant gratification, an emotional disease uh, that can't be cured. And when you see a shiny new Jeep and you're standing real close to it, it's like you know, like a beautiful woman if you're a man, and uh, you got to have it, and and you and you pay whatever it takes, and you come out of the ether maybe uh, a week later and say, my God, did I pay that much for that Jeep? Uh, but you can't do that on an ordered car. So the menu, uh, the dealers are smart enough to know if they want to get ten thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars over MSRP, you got to have that shiny new vehicle there now. They're not only cheating the customers, they're cheating the manufacturers because a lot of these dealers, and Stu knows this, a lot of these dealers have reported that car or Jeep being sold to the manufacturer a month ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably reported that Jeep as being sold to the manufacturer uh, as soon as they got invoice for it. And that means that the manufacturer thinks you sold the car and they'll send you another one. That's the way cars are shipped, allocated to car dealers is on how fast they sell them. So they lie to the manufacturer, say, I sold the car. They keep it on the lot. And then when the customer comes in, they can sell it to them for thousands over sticker. If you order the car, a lot of things can happen. First of all, you can cancel the order. You don't have to take it. Uh, uh, prices come down. You can insist on getting a lower price. Uh, you don't have that control. But when you spot deliver a car, you have it all. So that's that's why some dealers have cars in stock and other dealers don't. And this one is from Donovan. He says, speaking of catalytic converter theft in the state of the world today, with the price of copper going up, people are cutting off the cables from Tesla superchargers and other EV chargers. Uh, this is becoming a big common problem that few people are talking about. There's a lot of copper in those cables, and each cable can be worth as much as $10 worth of recycled copper. And he says, so that's uh, something you might want to watch for if you're looking for a charger. Nancy, we're going to have to aim our webcams, security cams, at our ring gutter. Because <laughs> yeah. we have a copper ring gutter. <laughs> and he says, uh, now I'm not sure how they're doing this, but uh, Earl, the horn in your Tesla will be enabled shortly with the center airbag in an update. Oh. So apparently they can do <laughs> an update where your that was an oversight. center button can actually be your horn on your Tesla. But how, but how are they going to put an oh, airbag in my yoke? No, I mean, right. the, the yoke's on, John, on Elon. Oh, the yoke's on you, man. There's an airbag in there. <laughs> I got, I got, yeah, you can't. I mean, I, I got a yoke. There's no way you can put there, There's an airbag in there. There's an airbag in my I yoke? Hope th- I hope there's an airbag in your yoke. Oh, I never thought there about it. There should be an airbag in your yeah. yoke. Must be a little bitty airbag. Well, they, they pack it up all tight into the little thing. Then I'll it check when I go down. It's a Takata oh, airbag, yeah. though, unfortunately. Okay. Uh-oh. Help me. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I, I, I got a text. He's not getting near that yoke. I have a text that says, texter says, I also got taken by Napleton, but let the callers know to check unclaimed money in the state. I found a couple of thousand dollars they sold, so maybe that's where Napleton's putting it is in the Ford, in the treasury. So if Napleton ripped you off, just uh, go to town. No, it, actually, I, I, I Google it. The Florida Department of Tra- uh, Financial Services d- does have an unclaimed property website, and it's worth checking out. You know, but I don't know if it's um, 
if the junk fees that you paid the Napleton um, go there, but check it out. Well, check it out. Yeah. You might how, have some money. How they classify it. Uh, Stu, we're going to go back to the phones where Amy is holding. Uh, good morning, Amy. Welcome to the show. Amy? Hello. Are you there? Hey. Yes, I am. Good morning, Amy. This is Nancy Stewart. Are you a first-time caller? Yes, I am. Are you a mom? No, but I listen to your show okay. every Saturday in my car. <laughs> the reason uh, that I ask is because uh, we're celebrating Mother's Day this weekend. I and, heard that this morning when and I was you, talking. You've won yourself um, $50. Uh, but okay. if you were a mom, you would have won $100. But uh, $50 well, is a pretty good deal. That's better than nothing. Thank so, you. welcome. Stay on the line and talk to Elise. Uh, she's our female producer. She'll get your information, pass it along to me, and I'll get that check out to you. Okay. How, what can we do for you this morning? Well, I have a 1998 Chevy Blazer, mm. and it's, you know, it's fully loaded. And the right, the passenger side rear door, I went to the grocery store, took my grocery bag out, went and got groceries, put it in, the door opened, closed, fine, got home, closed the door, went to open it again, and the latch wouldn't open to open the door. It just wouldn't open. So I tried to do it from the inside, and it wouldn't open at all. It just won't budge. So I took it to... Uh, guy that has worked on my car before and he said well we'll have to order you a new latch of which they don't make those latches anymore because they're lift up latches I think they quit after they made them in 1998 because I don't see one car that has one and he said in order to put it on we're going to have to break your car door now I don't quite understand that Rick? Well, uh, the problem is, once that latch is closed, you know, that's all contained inside the door itself. So to get access to it, um, he's going to have to go in through the door panel without opening the door. So unfortunately, sometimes things are going to get broken just because there's, there's no access to get into that latch. Um, it's, it's a process. It's, if he's lucky... He may be able to get the door panel off and be able to get in access to that latch and disconnect it somehow, break it apart inside and not damage too much additional items. But it's it's gonna depend upon the design of that door latch as to how much stuff has to get broken in order to get that door open so he can replace that latch. Well, I looked at it carefully and it doesn't appear like there are any screws that come off like in some cars, you know, those panels you can unscrew and take off that panel to work on mm -hmm. a, a car or replace a latch or something like that. I, it, does, it appears like the whole thing is one solid piece. It's part of the door almost. Right. There's, there's going to be hidden screws. They're usually uh, little plastic panels or plugs that cover the heads of the screws. They do that so it looks all nice and pretty. And then the rest of it is held with clips that you know are going to be just uh metal or plastic clips that lock into place in that door panel but like i say it's it's the getting that door panel off of the door without being able to open the door at all you know because the door is jammed shut you can't open it so he's gonna have to 
kind of literally go in from the inside, working inside the car to try to get that panel loose. It it can be quite a process. Amy, the good news is I found a 1998 Chevy Blazer hood latch on eBay for 50 bucks. So that's not so bad. Well, that's a hood latch. She needs a door latch. Oh, okay. A door lock. Okay. I found one on eBay, but he, he found a place he yeah. could order one. But the whole issue, and the inside latch is easy to find. They had tons of those, yeah. but the outside one they couldn't seem to find. He did find a source. He said he could find one, and I found one on, what is it, carparts.com. Good for you. Mm-hmm. 1998 Chevy Blazer base, exterior door handle, rear driver's side, smooth black, 1549. Pretty but good, pretty the, good. The fact yeah. remains... Do I know that this is the right one? No, I don't. How how important is is it to you, Amy, that that door open and close? You're, you got you got you said it was your passenger side uh, rear door. How often no, do you use that? No, it's my driver's side rear door. How often do you use that door? Well, I used to use it all the time. Yeah, but I'm saying if you don't use it now all the time, uh, it's probably not going to be worth. You're, you're driving a a 24 year old car. And uh, you don't want to you don't want to spend hundreds of dollars fixing that door. So, I, I, if I were you, I just uh, say bye bye door and keep it closed all the time and don't worry about it. I, yeah, I've just put a new um, battery in and a new starter in it. Yeah, it's getting to the point where yeah. I'm putting more money into it than the car is worth. Now you definitely need the battery, but I don't think you need that right rear door, left well, rear door, but left rear door. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, you know. My bank people say, you know, it's time to look at another car. And I said to her, I said, now is not the time to buy a car. And I talked to the uh, automation where I bought it, my the dealer guy, Fred Freese, and he didn't even have any inventory. And he said a new Blazer would cost me almost 37 something thousand dollars plus tax, which would bring it up to 40 something. Keep that, keep that old blazer running, and in about about six months or eight months, take another look at used car prices. But I, I think you're in pretty good shape right now. Just uh, don't try not to think about that uh, left rear door. Yeah, I, it's not a breakdown issue. It's not something that's going to leave you stuck alongside the road, and it's not the fact that the door won't close. It's just that that door won't open. And I, I myself, if it were my vehicle, I wouldn't even fix it. You know, unless you well, so absolutely I, you had to, I, I, should, I wouldn't. You don't think I should spend the money on it because even though they have the latch, which may be the the cheapest thing in the whole deal of fixing it, the labor is what's going to Right. Happen. That job's going to get very labor-intensive, and very likely, like I say, other parts are going to get broken, and that's going to raise that bill up even more. So I, I wouldn't even do it. I would say, no, leave it be. I can't. I don't want to spend money on the car. It's already cost me a fortune yeah. to keep it as it is. No, I, I, I wouldn't spend money on that. If it, if it was something to do with the engine or transmission that made it to where you couldn't drive the car, then I would, I would consider it. But otherwise, for a door that you've got three other doors on the car that you can use, yeah. I wouldn't even bother with it. Okay. Well, well, I listen to your show every Saturday. I'm from Detroit. I'm a car person, always have been, and I've always driven Toyos. I had a Celica when they first came out, the rounded model, 
mm-hmm. loved my little Celica until I moved to Florida, and it scared me to drive it on 95, so I went and bought that Chevy Blazer, and I almost think it was the worst choice I've ever made. I wanted a forerunner, but I couldn't afford the forerunner. So I settled for the blazer, and look what I got. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Amy. I really appreciate the call. I love my Toyota. I oh, thank you. A bumper sticker that said, "I love my Toyota." Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. I really hope that we're able to help you this uh, you this, were, this morning. You were I, I really and have no one to advise me on whether to do this or not. And yeah, and that's why we're here, Amy. You stay in touch with us, and we'll help you along the way. Uh, Rick is the best of the best. Uh, so will have you yourself a wonderful weekend. Will you send me stuff? Will you send me information on getting a hold of you and stuff? Uh, certainly, you can stay on the line and you can get that get that from uh, Eloise. Okay. All right. She can let you know how to get in touch and with all of us. If you're a mom, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you so much. I am indeed. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Julie, who has been holding. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. Um, yeah. I had a question about electric vehicles. Yes. Hi. Um, let's say you live in the third floor of a condo. Is your only choice for charging a car is to go to a charging station? And what are they charged? It depends on what what uh, what make car are you talking about? Which what make electric vehicle are you think about buying, Julie? Um, I'm I'm probably not going to buy one. It was just a hypothetical. I was thinking, you know, if you yeah. have a garage, you can do that garage setup where you have charge right in your garage. But right. yeah. you know, if you're in you're in a, a upper floor of a building or even a condo on the first floor, yeah. I wasn't sure how you would charge it. Well, yeah. if 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 you live in a condo, um, and this is going to be an issue that's going to arise just more and more frequently um, as electric vehicles become more common. Um, it should be an issue that's brought up to the, um, the condo association for the parking garage or the outside parking, however you have it, to install um, mm-hmm. charging stations. And they are, uh, they're not ridiculously expensive. I think, um, you know, I think I have a home one uh, for about $700. I think I installed, mm-hmm. what, the, the charger was 700 bucks. And uh, so that's, that's how it would have to be done. If you couldn't get one installed at your condo, um, if you had a Tesla, um, you, can, you could locate the local, the closest uh, charging stations, the superchargers. But there's also, uh, besides Tesla, there's other um, independent charging networks like ChargePoint, which is a popular mm-hmm. one. And um, if you have an app on your, your phone, it'll locate all the chargers, um, any charger nearby um, on, on your phone. And Julie, another thing, most people are thinking in terms of uh, charging when they're when they're going on long trips because you don't right now most of your electric vehicles are going to get you uh, get around 300 miles to a charge mm-hmm. so you don't have to charge it every day or every other day and as long as you can find a charging station if you're not a high volume high miles driver yeah, once a week it mm-hmm. isn't a big deal so if you have to charge once a week uh, you're going to be going by a charging station uh, nine out of ten times. I mean, uh, around around Palm Beach County, uh, I, I live in an area that uh, you know, it, and I live far from a charging station. It's about ten miles, so you, you're never mm-hmm. going to be more than about ten miles from a charging station in Palm Beach County. I don't know where you live, but um, that's not going to yeah, be. Yeah, I've seen them at the outlet malls in West Palm. I have seen them there. Yeah. Um, what do they cost? How do they charge? How do they? Uh, right. Yeah. How much do they cost? for charging they charge by the kilowatt hour and the average is around um, 13 cents per kilowatt hour and that doesn't mean anything how to much you for or a charge? Me. that's what i'm saying yeah. I'm, I'm how they do it 
Um, it's about a month, about 30, 40 bucks a month to charge the car and electrical costs. And so, um, and that depends on well, how much you drive it. That's way better than gas. That's less than, I mean, a third of what I'm paying to fill up my tank right now. Much better. Because I got out of an electric car right when gas went to 450 a gallon. That's how smart I am. <laughs> Um, so it's really it is it is a fuel save it is an exp- it's it's cheaper than gas and it's a lot more convenient than people think. But it's totally natural to be apprehensive about it because it's a completely different way to to get around. And you know I, I stressed mm-hmm. out about it the first time I took the Tesla on a road trip because you know usually you don't think about that sort of thing. You go oh, yeah I'll find a gas station. Mm-hmm. But I did a little pre planning and it turned out to be very um, smooth and it, and it worked out. It was great. And uh, so I'm I'm a believer. I I, I don't think that the challenges or the the things that we're worried about that are going to they'll be they'll be overcome and this they'll be solved bit by bit and sometimes we don't have the answer for everything but yeah, it's a pretty right. safe bet now to get an electric car and uh, i can tell you um amy that uh i'm sorry julie uh that uh, speaking you know from experience in driving mm-hmm. i am driving an electric car now and i'm driving the tesla and i was uh, mm-hmm. very reluctant in the beginning and uh, it's going to save you an enormous amount of uh, money if you figure that mm-hmm. out, you know, dollar-wise a year, it's just amazing. Right. You just don't think about it. And uh, you can become very uh, used to driving the electric car, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with ex- with getting on the road and getting out there. Right. So you can overcome all those fears I have. Okay, well, thanks for the update. You have yourself a great weekend. Our telephone number is 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. We are going to go to uh, Jeannie, uh, I believe. Jeannie's calling us from... Uh, Please go away. Jeannie? Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You're calling us from North Palm Beach? I am. Oh, Good morning. What can we do for you this morning, Jeannie? So I bought a new Porsche Macan, which I love. It's a great car. And a day later, I got an email from Porsche saying that because of a chip shortage, they couldn't provide the electronic steering column that I paid for. So they were giving me a $500 sales voucher to use towards the purchase of my new Macan. But I had already paid for it, so the sales voucher was of no value. So I called Porsche North America, and they said, well, you can use it for service. But the service is included on the three-year lease, so that is of no value. Anyway, we went back and forth and back and forth, and they say they'll have someone call me back. And this has been going on since April 12th with no resolution. Wow. Wondering if you have any ideas. I know that's a very common thing um, that's going on now with the global uh, microchip shortage that um, some manufacturers are delivering vehicles without all the equipment um, with the promise. Usually what I've heard is with the promise when it becomes available, that component, they'll install it later. It sounded like Porsche did it with a the voucher. Um, gosh, I mean, I don't know. Um, they owe you $500, but there's no way really to redeem it because they're paying, the service is free and you've already bought the car. Um, the, I don't. I would just see how you could take it up the chain of command to see to convert that to cash somehow to see if they can uh, change it from a five hundred dollar um, voucher to you know a, a check. <laughs> um, but I, w- I wouldn't know where to begin. Maybe the, d- the general manager of the dealership. Have you tried um, going up to the, the the folks that run it? Yes, and they tell me that I have to take. And it it's up all going Porsche through Porsche. Porsche. It's and they're, and they're saying yeah. it's Porsche, right? Right. Uh, 
hey, Earl, this sounds like a very familiar situation. You have a situation where you need the dealership to advocate for you, and the manufacturer is dragging their fee on her $500 voucher. Yeah, I, I think that um, you need to start putting things in writing for starters. I'm not sure whether you have or not, but, but uh, phone calls and even verbal face-to-face uh, don't cut it anymore. You have to be, I think, I read text or emails. Always uh, make your make your request and uh, and save copies of your request. Uh, when they know you're keeping a paper file on your issue, uh, you get attention a lot quicker. I'd also call uh, the uh, Porsche directly. Have you called Porsche? Did you say you called Porsche directly? I do. I, well, so the letter is signed by a man who doesn't have a phone number at Porsche, but mm-hmm. I know he's at Porsche in Atlanta, but they have no phone number for him. Mm-hmm. I, and they've let me leave messages at a voicemail box, but nothing yeah. has ever returned. Yeah. Uh, here, there, there, there are other areas you might try. Uh, one that always gets a response is my favorite, is the Florida Department of Motor Vehicles. The Florida Department of Motor Vehicles has life and death power over car dealerships. Uh, They have the license that a car dealer has to sell cars, used or new or both, uh, is is determined by the Florida Department of Motor Motor Vehicles. Uh, They have a complaint form. You can download it from from my blog site, earloncars.com, or you could get it online and file a complaint with the Florida Department of Motor Vehicles tell them specifically what happens. Uh, You can be sure that a complaint will be sent to that dealer. Now, you know, the Better Business Bureau and the County Office of Consumer Affairs and a lot of other complaints, uh, nobody pays attention to them. But when a dealer knows, anybody in a dealership knows that the DMV, the FDMV, has issued a complaint, it gets immediate response. And uh, I, at the I, very least, it might make them, you know, push harder to yeah. get Porsche to respond to you. It will have it will have the owner of the dealership involved. He yeah. will be involved because he will have to know about it. And uh, I, I, speaking as a dealer for 50 years, anytime I get a complaint for the Florida Department of Motor Vehicles, it keeps me awake at night, and I look at it and I take care of it immediately. Okay, that's good advice. I'll try that. Okay. Well, yes, thank you. Good sorry, luck. it is thank really you, frustrating Jeannie. when you, there's a, when there's faceless people. Sometimes it's almost it's easier to deal with a, a, yeah. a, a tough car dealership. But when you got the manufacturer, yeah. and they're just hidden behind, like you said, you, you got a name, but there's no way you're ever going to find this this guy's phone number. Good luck, Jeannie, yeah, and I luck. hope you stay in touch with us. Okay, I'll let you know what happens. Have, have a great weekend. Uh, we're going to go to our last caller, Mark, who is a regular from Palm Beach Gardens. Uh, good morning, Mark. Good morning to all of you, and happy Mother's Day, Nancy. Thank you, Mark. Um, i got just two things. One thing real quick is with the lady that has a Chevy Bronco, um, there could possibly, Rick, couldn't there possibly be a problem with the child restraint switch on the latch, whether, you know, people load groceries in and out of a car, and sometimes the switch on the inside of the jam actually on the latch there's a, a switch to prevent, if you have a small child in the car and you're driving down the road, it prevents them from opening the, the door from the inside. And I know it's supposed to open from the outside, but if that switch is in an intermediate position rather than open or closed, 
that possibly could be an issue? What do you think? That is certainly a possibility. The problem being that those switches, generally when the door is closed, it's inaccessible. It's actually back in behind the door jam at that point, and you almost cannot get to it at all, even with little hooks and uh, levers, little little uh, tools. Coat hangers. You can't get it. Yeah, you just you cannot get access to it. Um, what most likely has happened is age, rust, corrosion, and that yeah. latch basically has jammed itself in a mid-lock position. Uh, it's almost right. like if you if you ever did that old trick where you were trying to open the door right at the same time that someone was playing with the door lock and it catches that door lock in the mid midway position, right. it'll jam up the lock. And some you know usually you could get those to free up, but if it's jammed up inside and and just from corrosion and that locked itself, it's uh, it's done and there's just really yeah. no other access. You know, the only other thing I've got a possibility is, you know, the, the biggest thing is going to be opening the uh, uh, interior trim panel with the door closed. Right. And trying to gain access to that latch. Um, but anyway, that's, that was just a question. My other biggest thing is, you know, with um, petroleum-based automobiles, you know, driving gasoline engines, you know, you have an alternator that works jointly with the battery that as you're driving the car, it charges the battery, you know, with everything working properly. Now, how come, and this may sound like a silly question to you guys that know about electrical vehicles, why on an all-electric vehicle couldn't the manufacturer coming come up with an alternator-type situation to where, you know, we talk about all these problems getting to charging stations on time if you don't have one at home, or at your condo association, why don't they have a device on an electric car that as you drive it, it would help charge the batteries on your electric vehicle, thus giving you longer mileage stretches? Um, does anybody have an idea on that, or am I just uh, my brain stuck in neutral? Well, basically with the way they're designed, the electric motors that drive the wheels, when you let off the accelerator and the car is coasting those jet motors switch to generators and they actually use the the spinning force to create electricity to help recharge the system It's called regenerative braking um the problem is what you're going to encounter and, and this has been a throughout history people have always looked for this perpetual motion or free energy and it simply cannot exist because the drag created by a generator that is being spun will draw that slow that car down so much that you're not going to produce enough electricity to equal the amount of energy you've lost by slowing the car down so unfortunately trust me it's been tried people have tried hooking alternators up to the wheels by way of belts trying to create free energy mark you probably heard and about it, it the, just won't work you probably heard about the inductance the coils in the highways and uh, this is catching on and that does exactly what you're talking about as the car drives over all electric ev drives over a road with an inductance coil buried underneath the surface uh you're charging the car uh if you stayed on those roads the whole time you owned the car you'd never have to worry about charging your battery so yeah there is a way to charge a battery but you can't do it from within the battery itself you have to do it from outside and 
who cares if it's outside as long as you're driving while it's happening. You never know what's happening. Yeah, like if you travel from Florida to New York, yeah, you know, and you stay on the roadways that have that, then you know you, you don't have to worry about stopping at Ramada Inn yeah. and plugging in. You have your Florida Florida, fully charged in Florida, fully charged in New York, and eventually, I mean, let's face it, I'm sure major interstate highways will all have inductance coils at some point in time. That's going to be a huge uh, just, expense, but it'll I just happen. I thought that was an interesting uh, question, and I. Uh, I had no clue. So yeah. anyway, let's get. Uh, I'll, I'll hang up so you guys can get the mystery shopping report. Thank Thanks you, Mark. And have a nice weekend. Thank you. You do the same. Look forward to hearing from you. Um, as uh, Mark said, we are going to get to the mystery shopping report. And uh, for all of you uh, who are trying to call us, uh, our phones are frozen right now. You can get in touch with us uh, by texting us and voting on the mystery shopping report your vote is extremely important and uh we've got some time for text or youtubes if we have any got one last one here on on youtube uh ec olson says is car right used cars in trouble the one near me in fort pierce has almost no cars on the lot car what it's car right c-a-r-r-i-t-e yeah i'm not familiar with cars car right used cars I wouldn't think it would be awful hard to be in trouble today if you're a car dealer. Uh, I don't know. Um, haven't you? Probably a situation like we've seen on a lot of used car lots. Mm-hmm. Just there's no very cars. few cars available. Yeah. And it, when you get them, they yeah. sell them and no, they got, the they cars got, aren't coming in. They have one, but they'll sell it for a million dollars and make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got here, I've got an automotive news article here that... I think uh, I want to mention just because it amuses me. I don't know if it'll amuse anybody else. Uh, Nissan is kind of a troubled auto manufacturer. Uh, they just don't do well. The dealers don't like Nissan. Nissan doesn't like the dealers. Uh, Nissan doesn't sell very many cars in the grand scheme of things compared to Honda, Toyota, uh, anybody really, Subaru. They're just not doing so well. And uh, I used to joke a long time ago. It wasn't really a joke. I, re- I really believed it. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when Datsun was the name of the Nissan, and it used to be a popular car. It was like right up there competing with Toyota and Honda. 280ZX. Yeah, and uh, Datsun. So some genius in uh, in Nissan came up, well, let's change the Datsun name to Nissan. Nobody knew what the hell it was, and so they stopped buying the cars. Now, I didn't know this until I read this article in Automotive News, but someone finally figured out that the problem with that one of the big problems with Nissan sales was that they should have never changed the name 30 years ago or whatever it was. It's like New Coke, but they <laughs> didn't go back. So there, there was there was a revival and an effort, and they, they in India and some other countries they changed the name back to Datsun, and I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Now the problem is, <laughs> this is the reason I laugh at it. And poor Nissan, the guy that came up and was sponsoring that idea that was pushing that here was the CEO of Nissan. And of course that guy's name was Carlos Ghosn. Right. And he and they put him in jail. He did the good news is he escaped. And right. he is he's in a hiding in Lebanon. In Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I mean you can't make the, you can't make this stuff up. He, he was smuggled out in, <laughs> yes. in speaker crates in a private jet. And they did they, they the guys that helped him escape, they're in jail. But Carlos is uh, 
warming his feet in, uh, in Lebanon. The, in the Mediterranean. In the Mediterranean. But nice try. Carlos, if you're listening, because we are international. Carlos, if you're listening, it was a great idea, and it would have worked, and I'm so sorry that you can't return home. But uh, uh, it should be Dotson we'll and not Nisa. You know, right when they were doing that switchover, they came out with a series of commercials that had this, like, uh, older Oriental fellow, and he just had this this very calm voice. And he, and one of the commercials I remember is him with this little dog on the in this Datsun pickup, and saying, "Dogs love trucks." Yeah. And, and it just, it was one of the, for some reason, that commercial with the dog and them yeah. driving off into the sunset in this Datsun is stuck with me. And, and to this day, it's, I still remember that you. commercial. It's, yeah. it's weird how certain commercials, commercials yeah. can tag on so hard. Exactly. Okay, um, okay folks, we have reached uh, a time for the Mystery Shopping Report. As I said earlier, your vote is very important. You can do that. Uh, by texting us at 772-497-6530. And the Mystery Shopping Report comes from, uh, well, as Stu put it, uh, just a little town that's nestled in the uh, northern uh, part of Florida. And uh, that little town is called Lake City. And the uh, Mystery Shopping Report comes to us from Roundtree Moore Ford. So back to the recovering car dealer and our mystery shop. Well, I'm not the only one that never heard of Roundtree Moore Ford. When I read the title to Stu's report, I thought maybe it was Pennsylvania. I had no idea where Roundtree Moore Ford was. I had heard of it because I knew of a Roundtree Moore Toyota. Ah. So Lake City. Uh, we don't know how much, uh, uh, we don't know much about this small town dealership, but we're mystery shopped a lot of dealerships just like this one. Roundtree Moore, small family owned dealer group that dominates the car biz in uh, Lake City. And uh, they've got uh, Ford, Chevy, Toyota, Nissan, and Kia. Uh, they just pretty much got the whole town wrapped up. Lake City, a very small little place. I'm, I guess, I never heard of it before. Um, Lake Park, I've never heard of them before either. But they're, they're close. So now I know where Lake Park is. I see Lake City on street highway signs, like when you're up going oh, to Gainesville. Yeah. Like Lake City next exit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Roundtree Moore is part of a dying breed of family-owned dealerships, the type that was once on the car rows in cities across America. Roundtree Moore and Lake City uh, could just as well be the Wallace Group and Stewart, the Schumacher Group and West Palm Beach, uh, or the Earl Stewart Group and, and North Palm Beach. But large dealer groups like AutoNation are rapidly becoming, uh, becoming the face of the retail car business. Kind of sad, you know, just... Uh, it, it, it was kind of, it, it's a family-owned business, you know, father, son, father, daughter, more, more father, son than daughter, but uh, it's, yeah, it sounds warm and fuzzy. It's a, it's a real nice. Quaint. A quaint, yeah, that's the word. Mystery Shopping reports that family dealerships produce a wide range of results because the styles of these businesses are as varied as the personalities of their owners. Small-town, family-owned dealerships tend to treat our mystery shoppers more kindly and are less likely to engage in the more depraved tactics. Uh, Roundtree Moore Ford checks both boxes, family-owned and small-town. They also are operating under the same inventory environment as all car dealers, which makes it possible to hike prices with virtually no limits, the only limit being self-restraint. I like that very much, the only limit being self-restraint. Um, you can charge anything you want if you're a car dealer. 
Now, there's no legal cap. And if you can sell a guy a car for a million dollars that cost you uh, $10,000, it's strictly legal. I think it's immoral. I think it's unethical. But it's strictly legal. The primary goal of our mystery shops of the last few months has essentially been to find car dealers who are practicing, practicing self-restraint. You know, ethics, morality. If you've been listening recently, you know we aren't too successful, haven't been too successful. Agent Lightning headed up to North Florida, hoping to add another dealer with solid enough ethics to control his sales department to our list of good guys. Here's a report, speaking in the first person. When I entered the showroom, the receptionist was busy speaking on the phone, so I wondered a bit, hoping to get the attention of a salesperson. I think we've all done that, and I think in different stores, hoping somebody will pay attention. Eventually, Joe came over and asked how he could help. I said I was there to get a new Ford Edge or an Escape. Joe said they had no escapes, but there were two or three edges that may be available. We could see two edges parked nearby. We made our way over. I walked around the gray one, and Joe asked if I wanted to see this one. I said yes, and Joe went to find the key. There was no Monroni label visible. Uh, it happens again. a lot. Uh, happens a lot, too often. Um, Joe said it had just come in, and they hadn't had a chance to put it on. I guess they do put them in the glove compartments. Maybe or, during the, the PDI. Like, we're familiar, yeah, if, if you're yeah. listening, when our Toyotas come in, they're they're prepared at the port, so they come in with the stickers on them. So maybe at Ford, they do it at the dealership. I don't, I don't know. The law says they're supposed to be okay. affixed yes. to the window uh, until the customer removes it. And it's this is never done, but okay. Uh, tired of talking about it. It's just never going to happen. He opened the door, reached uh, between the seats, and handed me the Minerni level and the addendum. Here we go. The infamous addendum. You can't have one without the other. The MSRCP was 44485 That's a Monroni. They had a $3,000 market adjustment. The infamous market adjustment. And $2,895 protection. Exterior paint warranty, rain repellent. Headlight UV protection, cabin sanitation, interior microbial, anti-theft vintaging, nitrogen. I'm running out of breath. Nitrogen in the tires. Twenty-five hundred dollars collision credit for nine days. Welcome, kid. Car care products. I, I didn't understand that one. So if you crash your car <laughs> in the net in the first three months, in then the, yeah, yeah, they, they will give you. $2,500 if you crash your car. Well, that's First the incentive to, to drive unsafely. Uh, that's, that's right, yeah, because I'm, I'm going to get that guy. Anyway, uh, I just I, when I read this, I saw the brainstorming session of the advertising agency or the dealership, probably the dealership. They probably do all their own marketing. And they had a bunch of people in the room. They said, okay, now we want to screw the customer out of a few thousand dollars. We need to come up with some stuff that costs us nothing that we can put on this on the window sticker or the addendum sticker. How about so, Rain-X? We can put yeah, some Rain-X yeah, Rain on it. I like that. And uh, anybody else? Headlight UV protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I like that. Well, so, I don't have anything to give them. How about we tell them if they pop a tire, we'll give them 50 bucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, there we are. So now the addendum, the price instead of uh, 44485 is now up to $50,380. Small town, okay. Uh, we are seeing... A devious, deceptive behavior in a small town. I asked him if the addendum uh, items were negotiable. Joe said no. 
he told me his mother. <laughs> I have a strange sense of humor. Joe said, no, he told me his mother had bought a new edge and she had to pay for the market adjustment and Roundtree Moore advantage. That's, I mean, it's not funny. And it makes me think of terrible things. And on Mother's Day, on Mother's of, all, of all times, <laughs> right, right. To, to use your mom like that. I mean, did Joe really do that to his mother? And 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 would he do it to your mother, or does he do it to you? And he would mark it up. I mean, it just... I, I, I get it. It's called sick humor. That's what it is. The reason I'm laughing, that's sick humor. It's really terrible. Did he really sell his mother uh, a car and charge her $5,000 over a sticker? I guess he did. Maybe. Either that or he's lying. Either way, it's a bad thing. He's not, he's not a very good son. I, no. I, w- I would have found another dealership <laughs> right. for, for, for my mom. We took the vehicle on a short test drive. Joe asked me how soon I plan on buying. I said, today, if the numbers are right. That's what they want to hear. They want that emotional involvement. We went inside, found a desk. Joe questioned me and entered my answers into his computer. Then he asked if I was ready to see a breakdown of the numbers. I waited for Joe for only five minutes. He sat down at the desk, showed me a worksheet. The total purchase price was the amount on the addendum, 50380 Then they added <laughs> $1,098 in junk fees. The real price now was 51478 Let's round that off. $7,000, $6,993, over MSRP. And just this little town called Roundtree Moor in Lake City. Roundtree Moor hit me for seven grand over sticker. Mm. I asked Joe if this was his best price. I said his offer was too steep. Joe wasn't sure if it was his best deal. I mean, I, mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't know what he said there. Yeah. It was, there was no detail that came out like, I don't know. Yeah. He <laughs> talked to the boss. He just left <laughs> to talk to the boss. He was back. David was the boss. In four minutes, he had uh, David. David summarized the issue for him. He said he'd love to earn my business. They always say earn, but he was told I wanted to see a better deal. He asked if this was correct. I said yes, and let him know I needed to get my husband on board before I could move forward. David said he understood and presented a new worksheet. This one had a discount of thirty-five hundred dollars. Boy, that's in the in the industry we call that dropping your pants. Right. You don't ever drop your pants. <clears throat> you always move slowly. When you're playing the, the silly game, they, you ask for a price, and you come down $175. Then you go back, and then you come down another 200 You don't ever drop precipitously. That is known in the vernacular as the pants drop. Right. You don't do and that. And it comes as a very crude uh, source yeah, to It that. shocks people. And that's the word. You, you, don't, you don't want to shock people. You scare people when you drop your pants. Uh, they yes, added the same can. junk fees. So you get my in trouble new, if you do that, too. <laughs> so my new price was $47,978, $3,493 over MSRP. So they've come all the way down from 6000 over MSRP to 3500 over MSRP. Uh, precipitous. David asked me if we were close. He said he didn't want to lose my business and said he may have some more wiggle room once my husband came in. They always leave the wiggle room to get you back. You can't get an out-the-door price from a car dealer in the USA, or the world for that matter. You can't get, they always want to leave you with the feeling that I can do better, otherwise you're not gonna come back. Sad, sad statement on our industry. 
And that's our Mystery Shopping Report. I don't know where we stand time-wise, but I think we got time. Uh, let's uh, hear some votes come in. We were surprised. Lake City, small town, northern Florida, family-owned, uh, with this type of behavior. And uh, the question is, was it an anomaly? Uh, is charging thousands of dollars over a sticker enough to put a person into a failing grade? Is there something else they did that was truly wrong, illegal? That's what you have to think about when you come up with your vote. Well, I think that we are fooling ourselves when we picture these little towns like Mayberry, mm-hmm. all innocent. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, greed greed finds a way. Opie <laughs> is very mad at you right now. Opie might be mad at me, but Opie and can't the resist. Sheriff. He, the sheriff. Yeah, Andy and Opie cannot resist the temptations that that the current market situations are, are, are presenting to dealers. <laughs> and they can't control themselves. And... I got grades coming here. I got F minus. Mark gives them a, it says fifty thousand for an edge is ludicrous. F double minus, um, and, and maybe that's what it is because you're expecting something to be wholesome and, and clean, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, tech, a text here who said this uh, could have been a C, but the wiggle room uh, took it down to an F. <laughs> and Amory says small town dealer, big city sleaze. It might not be illegal, but the behavior deserves a big fat F. I'm not ready to fail him, but I. I, I do you think it's a little bit worse than what we've seen? I'm going to give him a D because I was too nice last week. Okay. Rick? Well, I've got uh, Kirk in West by God, Virginia. Most disappointing non-negotiable add-ons like nitrogen, which is 78% of the air we breathe. A solid F-. minus. Happy Mother's Day. And I've got Tom Seckle with an F. There are no Mullinax. Tim Gilliland, I'd put this dealership in my rear view pronto. F. <laughs> Donovan Lewis, I'd give them a D minus. They came down thirty five hundred bucks. I think you could get that for fifty thousand out the door if you really tried. Huh. And let's see, uh, Brian said, Lacko, Joe, this is no way to treat your mother. D. <laughs> and Tom Steckel also says the uh, mystery shop West Haney Chevrolet in Live Oak as a suggestion says they're a no fee dealer. But he also had one other comment, and I, I got to bring this one up. Uh, the CEO for Datsun Nissan, Carlos. Uh, yeah, he says uh, he opened an Appleton dealership in Beirut. Named it Napleton Datsun in Beirut. And my vote for this one is it's it's a D because they're playing the same games as everybody else, but it's not like they were really hiding anything. Yeah. Except the, the Monroney sitting down in the console, but they 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 were straightforward with, hey, we're just gonna yeah. ransack your wallet for you. So yeah. that's right. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, Nancy. Well, it's disappointing on so many levels. Uh, ransacking your wallet, uh, Mayberry, uh, the Monroney label, all of us, and all the comments, and I give them an F. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm going to give them a, a low grade, but I'm not going to fail them. Because like uh, Rick was saying, and um, all the dealers, if you check it right now, we, we haven't found, how many have we found that are even limiting it to MSRP? Even the ones with MSRP are only close to MSRP. I don't think, we've, I don't think we found any. Uh, I think we had in Pennsylvania, we had a dealer that was had the fees, mm-hmm. sold to MSRP, but had dealer fee on top of that. So. I, I'm, I'm going to give them a D. I, I guess maybe I'm just in a bad mood. I probably should give them a higher grade, but 
uh, they didn't do anything illegal. They just, unfortunately, they just didn't have any moral scruples, any ethical scruples. I mean, the fact, uh, the story sticks with me about about uh, the mother, the fact that Joe uh, charged his mother thousands of dollars over a sticker. Why would he do that? Why would you even mention that? Well, not everybody knowing loves their that mother. you just yeah. I mean, people have bad relationship with their moms. You know, he he might hate his mom. <laughs> I, uh, anyway, so we'll, we'll do that. I and, and I just have this silly thought. I, do I have time for a silly thought? I, what I, the theme song from uh, from Mayberry? Can you hear that in you? Can we put that on hold music for our for our dealership? It makes everybody happy or makes drives people insane. <laughs> I love the sound. Anyway, uh, is there uh, anybody got anything before we head to the closeout here? Any any thoughts? Oh, I have, I have a thought. Okay. Here, and this Wait, is we can talk about that Monroney label. This, this is we open for about. the studio or you, know, you texters could text me. Hi, if you have LoJack installed in your car, I asked Josh Stewart this the other day because I had a customer call me. Went into Napleton, and and they charged him $999 for LoJack, and then he started thinking, where is my LoJack? And so we called Napleton back, and they said, we can't tell you. It's a secret. Right. And they said, well, <laughs> maybe you could call uh, LoJack. So he called LoJack, and LoJack says, we can't, can't tell, tell you. you. And he even had the VIN. Right. So what do you do? Well, that's, that's, that's to prevent thieves from calling up and buying I know. <laughs> So you got what people, you uh, dealers all over the country are saying, uh, we just charged you $900 for LoJack, and they have to, you have to believe them because he can't tell yeah, you where it. it is. Right. And you'll only know if your car gets stolen, and then if they don't recover it, that's the only time you find out. Then they could say, well, the LoJack broke. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Josh uh, looked up LoJack, and on it says, we might not be able to give you any information if you call. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. There's got to be a way. Anyway. Anybody know the answer to the LoJack? What is it? There's a word for the, the LoJack. It's a... Uh, it's a, it's it's, a theft. It's a tracking uh, conundrum. Yeah. conundrum. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I would think the simplest way... Can you hear a tree fall in the forest if there's no one there to hear it? Right. So really? if, you're, if, if you have LoJack... If you can't see it. And you can't it see it... How can you prove it's there? But the, the whole point of LoJack is that it's a tracking system. So if you call LoJack... They won't tell you. And you say, here's my VIN number. I'm the legal owner. This shows that I you know, paid for the LoJack. So it's not can you tell me what is the location of my vehicle? They tell you can they, they tell you where the car is? They not going to fly. Well, that, they that's won't the do point. That. If, if they can tell you the location of your vehicle... We are running out of time. Hey, then you listen, know I have something to add to that. Folks, you heard the question that Earl just asked you. We'll be back here next week. Please, text us. Please, you can get in touch with us a million ways. Or um, Earl has been, we've been talking, <laughs> we've been talking about this for days. Please, answer the question, okay? Thank you for participating. <laughs> Everyone have a great Mother's Day out there. Have a great weekend, and we'll be right back here next week, right here at 8 a.m.